welcome to At the Devil's Ball, the podcast where we talk about horror and genre film in a positive, constructive manner. I'm Samuel Newman, and with me as always is my co-host, Nathaniel Johnson. How are you doing tonight, man? Doing okay. Yep, doing I said okay. your name right this time. You did oh. say my name right this time. This is take two. We had this an take two, outage. yes. Yep. So take two of hopefully two. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, the um uh it wasn't exactly inspiring banter that we lost no, anyway. Was, so it was banter, but it, you know it was it, banter. It worked. Uh yeah. how's things going on your end? Oh, it's going fine. It's going fine. Yep. Um, yeah, just not much uh not much going on. Uh business has been uh has been busy, mm-hmm. but um but we're doing okay. Um but we got uh I'm just gonna like fast forward through our uh yeah, yeah. Through our at this point. Just in case my internet goes out again. Um right. but um uh so also just keep in mind everybody listening, this might get choppy. Um because yeah. this time um I'm not gonna just start over if we if I lose it again, I'll just have to chop it all together. Cabalist, but, yeah, yeah. Um but yeah. Uh we're doing haunted house movies yep. this month. Um and uh, we're starting with um the Amityville Horror. Um, do you want me to just go ahead and do the vitals on that? Yeah, let's hop right into it. Hop right into it. Yep. Um, and uh, folks, seriously, the, the banter wasn't great. So I mean, No, you're not missing much. <laughs> missing much. Uh, so the Amityville Horror uh, came out in 1979 uh, based on the book by Jay Anson. Uh, story by, of course, George Lutz and Kathy Lutz. We will be talking about them, I'm sure. Um it was directed by Stuart Rosenberg. Um, this movie actually did get nominated for an Academy Award for, for um, best musical score. Best musical score. Um, it's starring James Brolin, Margot Kidder, Rod Steger, Don Stroud, Murray Hamilton, John Larch, Natasha Ryan, Casey Martell, Mino Palouse, Michael Sachs, Helen Shaver, Amy Wright, Val Avery. Uh, and uh, I'm wondering if I can find him here. Uh, it's the mayor from Jaws, uh, is in one scene in this, but I can't remember what his name is. No, um, I, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, but he does appear in the film. Um, uh, produced by Samuel Ziarkov. Uh, I believe uh, he was the head honcho of um, American, American International. International. Yeah. Right. Uh, and cinematography by Fred J. Konekamp. Uh, and edited by Robert Brown. Um, I wonder if there's a fly wrangler in here, but there doesn't look to be. <laughs> but um, there, but somebody was probably responsible for the flies. Um, right. But yeah, that's basically our main uh, main group. Most did of the we shout out? Is, is... Did we shout out uh, Lalo or Lalo Schifrin uh, who did the music? Oh no, I didn't. Okay. All right, well there you go. Um, I, mean, I probably should have since I brought it up. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, that's major. Our major movers and shakers. Most of the film is James Brolin, Margot Kidder, and Rod Steiger. Right. Um. Uh, uh. And Rod Steiger is my favorite thing in this whole movie, and uh, oh, for sure because he's so so hammy in this. He's picture. so over the top in a movie that's filled with over the top performances. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, the scene where he goes blind is a work of art. Right. I mean, um, I'm not a fan of this film. Not really. Mm-hmm. Um. Um. But when we now what we've been doing now is we've we've made the decision that we're we we're going to alternate themes, but right. each one of us is going to pick two films for that theme. So you picked Amityville Horror. Right. So um, tell me uh, what was going on in your mind with that. <laughs> I like I like the way you phrased it. 
Um, I, I was trying but, to do it democratically. I, 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 wasn't I get trying. it. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it just struck me as funny. Um, uh, you know, it's, watching it this time, I'm not a huge fan of it either. So um, <laughs> it's, oh, it's kind of weird. I, I, but I've, I grew up reading the book and watching the movie and being scared by the movie. I was terrified of this movie as a kid. Um, you know, when I was too young to watch it, basically. Sure. Um, and I've, I'm a fan of the series, and this was the first time that I ran into a movie that was, you know, quote unquote, in heavy quotes, of course, based on a true story. Um, mm-hmm. So that kind of like weirded me out as a kid. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just, that's kind of one of those stories that's always been there in 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 my life like it's kind I, of I don't know why yeah, yeah it's, it's well, kind, it's of, kind wild, of you know yeah it's kind of one of those stories that's in everybody's lives i right, think yeah, like um part of american mythology that yeah you know yeah it's what it's quite possibly one of the most famous hoaxes in right uh american history um it's certainly most successful uh right. hoaxes in american history um i don't know i mean i i don't want to necessarily like um start negatively in that respect but i mean like well, do, do, you, do you believe the lutzes i mean like you know no yeah i mean no. um, okay <laughs> i did when i was a kid when i first read it when i was like in elementary school, uh you know like was you know terrified by the book and the movie mm-hmm. um like i totally bought into it but like you know that's before you realize that you know you can write down things that aren't true uh, <laughs> <laughs> eureka Right. I can yeah. write down I can write down bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. but you know, I still kind of love the story and uh this film adaptation, although I'm not as as an objective uh film viewer, I, I don't think it's it's all that good. Um, I still kind of love it, like for just being, you know, just like so brazen and it's it's lies and <laughs> it's yeah. attempts to, yeah. to say that this stuff was true. Mm-hmm. Um, and it convinced a lot of people that it was true at the time. Oh yeah, um, there were still people that believe it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I was reading on the Wikipedia page that even as soon as uh, as late as uh, five or six years ago, right? Um, this house was, uh, I think, in twenty. Uh, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look at it again, uh, just so I'm not getting my dates wrong. Um, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, fourteen years ago. 2010 okay. was not a few years ago. No. Um, but according to, excuse me, according to Wikipedia, uh, in mm-hmm. May 2010, the house was placed in the market for 1.15 million. Right. Um, it was sold for $950,000. And that summer, the guy held a, uh, the departing owner held a moving sale and hundreds of people showed up just, just to, to just to see the house. Uh, right. They were not allowed upstairs or in the basement, but they were allowed mm-hmm. in the house. And hundreds of people showed up um, right. And I'm sure he cleaned up. Oh, I would have showed up yeah. if I was closer than driving distance. I mean, yeah, I'll be honest. Like you know, it's it's sure it's a it's a bit of American folklore history. You know, I I would have I would have went if I were local to it. Um, yeah, but yeah, but but uh, the this thing is still a a beacon of right. um, of haunted house mythology in yeah. the United States, and um, right, and, and this is like yeah. kind of the haunted house story. Um, if you think of haunted house movies and haunted house stories of the last, you know, of our lifetimes, let's say, sure. Um, I wasn't quite born yet, but close, right? Yeah, yeah. But you know, where we both grew up with with it, you know, I was 
I was two when the movie came out, so I don't remember the movie right. coming out. Um, it's just a movie that was always been in, been you know out there in the ether, you know, as mm-hmm. I was growing up. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of why I thought of doing it for this is because it's it's such a an iconic property. Um. That's definitely true. Yeah. 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 Um. No, I loved. Uh, I picked up that book you were talking about. Uh, they made how many? Right. Um. And um. Uh, I loved his note where he said it, it actually took almost like 25 years mm-hmm. for people to realize they could just put the word Amityville on any title they want. Right. right. Um, and it took so long for anybody to figure that out. But once they figured it out, now there's a million of these movies. Yeah. Um, Even our friend uh, Henrik Kuto made, yep. made an Amityville Maybe movie. Maybe an Amityville you know? film. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I love that. Uh, I love that. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, he did point out in the book that like you can't mention the Lutzes right. or they'll sue you. Yeah. Um, although they're dead now. Um, I think both well, the of them kids still, yeah, they both the family, the kids yeah. can still sue. Yeah. But the family will sue. And then right. you can't mention, uh, the DeFeo right. family by name. You can mention the murders. Yeah. Uh, cause that's a matter of public record, but you can't use the name. And then the house itself is a, basically a photograph. You know, right. you can, you can talk about the house. Uh, you can talk about the location. Yeah. Um, you know, and you can talk about again, you can talk about the Lutzes, you just can't say their mm-hmm. name. Right. So yeah, you can just basically make any uh ghost movie you want to and then be like once upon or a Amityville time. Amityville in there, yeah. Yeah, once upon a time there was a bunch of murders in this house. There was, and there was a point, his family. Yeah. There was a point at the beginning of all this, um, when people started to figure out that, you know, you could make your own Amityville movies and you know, nobody could do shit about it with if you know, if you follow a few simple rules. Where I tried to collect those movies as well because I have the entire Abbeville series. You're a madman, yeah. And yeah, and it it's and quickly I quickly realized that it was it was too much of a there. This was just going to spiral out of control. There'd be mm-hmm. too many of them to, to keep up with. But well, what was the most recent one? Like Amityville, Karen, uh, Amityville, Amityville Christmas Vacation. Yeah, um, I saw over the holidays. Yeah, I'm surprised the out. new film. Yeah, I'm you surprised know? the new film Night Swim isn't just the Amityville Amityville pool, pool right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Although I did see somebody on Twitter say like we should we need we need to get back to, um, Amityville sequels where a random object from the house right, yeah. causes trouble. Amityville Dollhouse. Amityville, yeah. Yeah. Um. Which Riff Tracks did clock, recently. Yeah. yeah oh, Amityville they, yeah. Dollhouse. Yeah. Amityville Dollhouse was done recently by Riff Tracks and it's glorious. That movie nice. is so I'm insane. Sure. Yeah. Um. That was the first direct video Amityville, I think. Um, I think that so. was not, that was the one sure. after uh, after for three ninety two. Um, okay. it's about time, right? Um, which I think was the fifth or sixth in the franchise. Those were the the ones that were released in theaters, right. and then they tried to get the franchise back into theaters again with Amityville Awakening, Awakening, which, which terrible. is terrible, terrible movie. Um, and for whatever reason, Jennifer Jason leaves in this thing, um, right. to pro- for reasons I'm sure are a mystery to even her. Um, but I'd gotten um, that for Christmas a couple years ago, um, because I put it on my Christmas list, uh, well, because I didn't want to, I didn't want to buy it, but I also wanted to keep the series current, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I remember opening the movie and I'm like, I'm like, yes, this movie is so bad. And, uh, I think it was, uh, I think I got it for my parents. And so my mom was like, why did you ask for this movie if you're, if you're saying it's so bad? Yeah. 
I'm oh, like, no, it's because yeah. it's bad. You know? Only only certain people understand that appeal. Right. Um, yeah. And I have my limits, but and uh, but with that type of thing, I know your limits are way further than mine right, when it right. comes to that type of thing. But um, which I've talked about, I talked about that on um, uh, with Invasion. Paul and Steve right. on Invasion not too long ago, where I was like, you know, where Paul was like, yeah, I'm with you. I don't there's like a limit of like what kind of weird shit I can watch. And I'm like, yeah, right. me too. That's Sam's thing. That's Sam's bag. Right. Um, but no, uh, Amity of Awakening is, is like, is my favorite kind of bad movie because it is a, it's actually polished. Right. Um, you know, they, some people who knew what they were doing made this film and it didn't work. Yeah. And I, it was that, just a badly written yeah. and badly conceived film. It's not a yeah. badly made film. Although that film tried something. For the most part tried something that i really really dug which was the mm. idea of including the films in movie um right. i was actually like oh my god that's actually kind of clever where are you going oh nowhere no right. going anywhere right. okay. yeah um but no i um we had an interesting idea run away there's an interesting yeah. idea don't go anywhere near it um but no i loved that um but um but no that movie is um is ridiculously absurd right. um but um uh, but well-meaning i think it was mm-hmm. so well attempted but um but yeah i mean the whole series is this uh, it was never good no um right i think most people um, what, what i end up reading i think most people tend to and i think i agree that the sequel amityville to the possession is probably right. the most actually objectively well-made yeah i would think uh, so. film of the franchise where it's not mm-hmm. bad um right uh, and that one has a, a the what is one of the most repulsive Burt Young uh, yeah. performances in history. Um, and um, but yeah, and then uh, that had a creepy incest plot, uh, subplot too. Right. But um, but that's the only one I remember actually like really liking. Mm-hmm. Um, although um, uh, Amityville Next Generation, which Rift Tracks also did, is a live one, is a mm-hmm. lot of fun too. That's the one with the antique lamp. Right um that travels across the country to california mm-hmm. and possesses like a little girl and a cat and all kinds of other shit right um it's it's um it's glorious but um yeah they are a ridiculous set of movies and they all start here with yeah. this uh 1979 um cash grab i guess i don't know um it's hard to tell i feel like uh, they were trying to make a good movie here and you know because they they, you know, got good actors to be in it. This is true. Um, you know, Roland is is a really good actor. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's if you if this was the only thing you were basing your opinion of him on, you would you wouldn't maybe necessarily know it because he's going so ham fisted with it. But um, yeah, I feel like they were trying to make a good movie. Um, they were trying to, you know, but also they were trying to, you know, hit the zeitgeist. You know, this this book had come out the year before and it was hugely popular. Yeah. And, you know, The Exorcist had come out a few years before. And, you know, so they're like, you know, how can we do a right. film similar to that? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I guess originally this was, uh, from what I, my research says, this film was originally intended to be a made-for-TV film. Mm-hmm. Um, but Samuel Ziarkov hated the script right. and demanded it be rewritten. And they got this one, and then they were like, Well, we can make this into a theatrical feature, right? Um, but you mentioned the cast. I mean, like, I will never, uh, I'll never run out of good things to say about Marco Kidder, yeah, my entire right. life. Um, a phenomenal actor, um, mm-hmm. still my lowest lane, um, right. you know. And uh, I just watched, uh, you know, as I do every year, watch Black Christmas, right? 
Um, she's amazing. She's, in that. she's so incredible in that film. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, every scene she's in, she just runs away Dominates, with it. Right. Yeah. She's so phenomenally good. Um, that uh, obviously she's a sad story, mm-hmm. uh, in real life, but, um, watching Amityville horror, there is, um, something incredibly appealing about her. Um, yeah. you know, she's, she's beautiful in this film without being beautiful. It's really right. quite interesting. Um, well, she, she displays a vulnerability in this, you know, yes. that, you know, maybe a lot of people wouldn't have brought to the role. Um, yeah. Because it's, I don't think it, that was something that the director or the writer necessarily told her to bring, you know, I think that was, this was her idea to, to, to make it sort of vulnerable and make it. You know, her I agree. A, I agree. You know, uh, I think the script didn't care too much about her. Right. Um, you know, um, and uh, other than being kind of passive witness or mm-hmm. uh, victim. Right. Um, and I think uh, Margot Kidder was like, well, I can play victim, but yeah. I'm going to bring you, I'm going to bring you a little bit more strength of that. Because one, the, I think that if there is anything to be said about the Amityville horror mm-hmm. and at its heart, you've got a, you've got a story of, of, um, domestic problems right um that uh you know it's one of the things that i noticed this time watching through i was like well first of all um why the hell wasn't a doctor called for james brolin because he looks like shit the whole movie yeah right um and nobody ever seems to even mention calling a doctor but when you look at the performances of what brolin's bringing to the role even before stuff starts to go bad Mm -hmm. they have this domestic um yeah their 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 life is unraveling slowly i mean yes um yeah they've already been having other shit on top of it you know yeah yeah and my point is that they like they're not it's not an abusive relationship he's not you know they're very much in love but they're a stressed relationship right and he's definitely the dominant force in the relationship and so when you watch um i think one of the tropes that haunted house movies mm-hmm. uh especially ones with families right take for they take it from amityville horror i think which is the idea of the father being an oppressive force right or uh either an oppressive force or an oblivious force yeah uh in this case george lutz is kind of both right um he's uh obviously he's he becomes a threat almost immediately mm-hmm. um but he's unaware he's a threat right um, he's the last one to know that he's being possessed by evil. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's, um, this vague evil that doesn't make any sense, but, right. um, but you, there is this interesting aspect of the film that I do think is worth looking at, which is that right. idea of, it's really easy. I think as a viewer in 2024, or maybe, mm-hmm. and maybe more specifically, again, uh, always got to take uh check your privilege and realize you and i are both straight white men right um we have nothing to fear from anybody um Mm -hmm. that it's easy to look at it and be like well why isn't she doing anything right and but if you look at it from the context of 1979 and (laughs) what kind of social uh and cultural values are in play right 
um, she's doing exactly what she's supposed to be doing, which is supporting her husband. Mm-hmm. That while he's unraveling, she doesn't have any recourse. There's nothing she can do. Right. Uh, she could leave him, but why would she leave him? Like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, he's acting strangely. Yeah. But, you know, it's not like a lot of his behavior, a lot of his behavior, like especially watching this, this time through and uh, listening to the audio book, uh, which I did this week. Um, oh. a, a lot of it, like a lot of his behavior and, and the way he acts and stuff, like I, I'm just like, oh, so you're depressed. You have depression. You know, yeah. you should you should probably get get on Xanax or something, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, you know, because he's he's got you know these these mood swings, and you know he all he does is want all he wants to do is sit in front of the fire and you know stare off into the distance, and you know I'm like I'm like oh this sounds familiar. This is my depression talking. Yeah, you know? yeah. Doing a, all, the only thing he's interested in doing is a mundane task like chopping wood. Right. Yeah, that gets his aggression out. Um, right. You know, um, but everything that he's but also at the same time. When you look at it contextually from what's going on in his life, that depression is right. warranted. Yeah. Uh, business is failing. Um, right. He's having trouble connecting with these kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like he, he expresses that almost immediately. Where he's like, well, at least they're calling me George instead of Mr. Lutz. Right. Uh, but he still hasn't. He's still uh, craving that dad. Yeah. Title, yeah. Uh, you know, uh you know, and then uh, even when they're sitting in that, uh, it's one of my favorite shots of the movie. Actually, it's in the beginning. They they've been walking through the house, mm-hmm. and they sit down in front of those windows, those right. famous windows. And she's like, "I don't know, it's a lot of money." And he's like, "Well, you know, we could also be saving money because he's like, by the way, like you know, the marina's charging more money." Right. Um. Didn't tell you that before, but I'm telling you that now. Mm-hmm. Uh. All these things are weighing on him that. Buying the house is a stupid, stupid idea, but it's the only thing that's going to make him happy. Right. It's the only thing that's going to make his family uh, connect in a way that he needs it to. And that's such an interesting perspective to look into, to, to look at this film, to be like, you know, uh, uh, a family that's, that's, that's in need of something normal. And so right. they buy a house, which is nowadays is like, really? How? But yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, just that that concept of, you know, life is so hard that we can make we're going to do something that's actually probably remarkably irresponsible. Right. Because we need to um, is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it, it it's what drives this narrative, because I think that even as things are falling apart, they're very passive right? Uh, with all of it. But it's because they don't really, they're clinging to something that right. they need. And, um, and that's, that makes for an interesting and, and fairly compelling narrative. Uh, mostly mm-hmm. this thing falls apart when ghosts show up. Um, right. You know, uh, and things get silly, um, but, and they get silly. Right. A lot. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, my favorite thing uh, that makes me laugh every time is how many mm-hmm. how much so much of the story sounds like shit your friend your friend would say to you trying to convince mm-hmm. you that their house is on it. Right. Like, right. No, 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 no. Like uh, a nun showed up and they she got sick and yeah. ran away. 
Uh, that happens like four times, by the way. Right. Like people show up to the they'll house, just show up and get sick and run away. They cigarette and get run away, and uh, and I'm like, that's pretty circumstantial evidence, right. but it's presented as if it's like core as it's a core yeah. aspect of the haunting, and that makes me just uh, makes me chuckle every time when I watch yeah. it. I'm like, you know, okay. But I mean, seriously, I think probably my favorite scene is the nun shows up. Her sister is a nun, apparently. Mm-hmm. Shows up. The kids are uncomfortable. She's literally in the house for two minutes and then runs away right. and then throws up outside of the car. And I love it. Uh, and I don't yeah. know why, but it makes me laugh every time. Um, I, I guess nuns vomiting. Uh, just comedy gold, I think. I mean, yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's you can never get sick of nuns vomiting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the gag it's I never true. knew I needed. Right. Yeah. Um, it's weird because in the book that happens to uh, Rod Steiger's character, as and so like there's no nun character. It just kept happening to him more, even more often than in the movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that makes a difference at all, but uh, it's just kind of weird that they put the nun character in there to do, you know, some of the stuff that Rod Steiger was, you know, would have mm-hmm. done. Oh, I think they had to push the narrative of that the priest can't re-enter. Uh, right. you know, they, like I said, the mayor from Jaws shows up to be like, mm-hmm. you know, it's a boating accident. Um, right. uh, you know, the scene is almost literally the same. He's like, no, no, yeah. no, there's no, there's no ghosts. It's just, you know, we uh, don't need Murray to close Hamilton. the beaches, Murray Hamilton. Yep. Uh, we don't need to close the beaches. Um, it's just a boating accident. Right. But Rod Steger's like, you know, damn you, I must re-enter the house. <laughs> like, you know, they're like, dude, when's the last time you saw your family? Like, you know, it's maybe you need a vacation. He's like, no, it's demons. Yeah. But um, it was um, weird. Uh, I was I read a couple of, you know, newish reviews of, of the movie because I wanted to see what people, you know, currently thought about it. Um, it's fairly popular, I believe. Yeah, yeah it's, it is. It's, mm. it's 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 still fairly popular. Um, And, you know, that's to the movie's credit. Um, But um. The one reviewer I saw called um called the movie ambiguous. Hmm. Okay. I'm like, which which movie were you watching? Yeah. Uh, it if 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 you kind of cut around the stuff like the flies or the you know the voice shouting get out or you know the the glowing piggy eyes um or or the or the blood seeping out of the, the walls or any number of other things that they've, they've shown that is, you know, unambiguously demonic, you know, possession type stuff, then sure, you have an ambiguous film, but it um, doesn't seem to me that, and maybe I'm, maybe that's just the way I, I'm taking it. Maybe I'm, well, no, maybe I'm, I'm trying to, yeah. without context, I'm not sure. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I well, mean, they were I... saying like, you know, the it was ambiguous as to whether or not the haunting was, was real or imagined i'm like no um, no the film is yeah yeah the film is very 110 very clear about it yeah yeah um yeah the film itself is not interested in ambiguity uh i might i might say like i could see some ambiguity in performance i could see some ambiguity and right. in, in the way the you know lets us interact mm. but um no in terms of haunting no right um it's got to be it's it's this film is very clear that right. this is real. There are ghosts happening. You know, there's de- demonic entities attacking mm-hmm. people in the house. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know where that came from. 
like I said, I could see some ambiguity in James Brolin's performance. I could see some ambiguity in Margot Kidder's performance, but I don't right. know about um, the film the, being ambiguous. Yeah, the film is know? like, no, it's absolutely a haunting. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess I could see some ambiguity on, you know, the DeFeo murders or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, um, but no, I mean, they they literally have uh, entire scenes of as already noted Rod Steger. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, insisting he needs to get back into that house to try and help them, right? Because it's absolutely a demonic force. But you're right. I mean, like he walks into the house, but by the way, he just walks in. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they're expecting him, but still, uh, yeah. I love horror films because uh, people just walk into houses in horror right. films. I love that trope. Um, I- I've never seen it happen in real life. Nope. Um, even if somebody knows you're coming over, you knock and you wait. You knock you know? and you wait. Yeah, I yeah. would never just. Uh, maybe once, uh, I think once I walked into, uh, even after Lori and I, uh, split up, mm-hmm. uh, I think once, uh, no, 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 it was when we were still together okay. and I went over to her apartment. I did end up letting myself in because she was expecting me. Right. Um, but it was also because, um, I couldn't find the doorbell. And ah. so I texted her and like, uh, and I was like knocked and I, well, no, actually, no, I'm sorry. That wasn't the case. I thought the door was a door to a hallway. Oh, okay. So I walked in. Right. Oh shit! It's your apartment, and right. I was like, oh, "I'm so sorry." And I was apologized. I was like, "I'm sorry. I didn't mean to just walk in." But no, right. that's now that I think about it, that's what happens. I thought I was walking into the building, right? Not the apartment itself. But that's the only time I've ever just let myself in to yeah. somebody's apartment. I've never done that before. Even if I've even if I'm expected, I don't just open right. the door. Um, maybe you could do that if you're on official papal visit business, you know. I don't maybe, know. maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, he didn't answer the door, but he didn't like walk around to the backyard or anything to right. see if they were back there. He just opens the door and wanders in, goes yep. upstairs. Um, uh, and even then, I mean, we walk in and be like in the foyer and yell hello, but like to go upstairs, um, yeah, take some balls, take some balls, know? yeah. Um, but I know that whole scene is so silly uh, of him walking up mm. and he like is blessing it and the flies come at him. Um, right. uh, I love I love the flies. Amityville yeah. horror all about the flies. Right. Um, but uh, and then the get out, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's all uh, very silly. It was actually done. Um, I, I, I hate to reference James Woods, but um, mm-hmm. Scare Movie 2 had a great, uh, right. great parody of that sequence in uh in scary movie two and um where he's he's uh taking a shit <laughs> and um flies are just swarming right. all over the place and uh it's it's um it was very funny but um you know that his his shit was so terrible that was right. flies but um but no it's uh it's not and now it's all i could think about when i watch amy lore is i'm like you know he's on the toilet you know, yeah. flies are attacking, but um, it, I think it's, it's because there's no build up to it. It's like there's that's true. Yeah, there's no, there's nothing else that really happened with the house before that that was you know off or yeah or 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 strange or eerie, and all of a sudden they just go to this eleven. You know, mm-hmm. scene. It's like it it makes it almost comical in a way because yeah. it's just it's so far over the top so soon. Well, a modern film would uh, establish the flies first, I think. That's true. Yeah. yeah, I think there would be like, you know, there would have been a scene couple of where, shots. Of... 
yeah, flies hanging around, or even the mm-hmm. lenses being like, where are these flies coming from? Right, right. You know, um, you know, why do we have all these flies? Oh, it must be coming from something in the basement or in the right. attic or um like the shining in the bees. Yeah. You know, yeah. like they're like, you know, there's a there's a bee, there's a beehive, he gets stung mm-hmm. by the bees, kills the bees, and then the bees come the back, bees come and, back. Right. and uh and sting young Danny. Uh that's that's how you do that but instead it's like priest walks into the house walks upstairs right putters around for a few minutes and then flies um a lot a lot of flies and then right and then uh the get out um which the simpsons of course referenced uh right. in their first three hours of horror um you know with the the get out but right. um it's not scary i was actually gonna say going from the scary thing um mm-hmm. let me actually I, I, i'm gonna jump that i'm gonna kick that to you first actually what okay. what's the scariest scariest thing in amityville horror what's the scariest you mentioned being terrified of it as a kid right um i imagine that's that that's probably a more vague answer as a kid yeah. but what do you think is the scariest aspect then and now of amityville uh, horror? i remember as a kid being freaked out just in general, because you know the house is evil, and you know it's you know the house is a house is supposed to be a place of safety, and you know it's this is you know an evil house that you know is out to get you, boogity boogity. Um, <laughs> um, no, that makes also, sense. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, I remember specifically the scene of uh, the kid getting his hand stuck in the window when the window slams down, like freaked me the fuck out as a kid. I'm just gonna say um, that's probably this. I think that's one of the scariest things in this whole movie. Yeah. But yeah. Please continue. What do you and think they, is yeah. And then they kind of undercut it with, you know, him, them going, oh, not a single bone in his hand was broken. You know, it's it's, it's like, yeah, why did you have to do that? You know, <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Um, aside from that's, you know, how quote unquote it really happened. And, you know, that mm. wasn't the book. Um, you know, his hand was flattened and, you know, turned out and there's no actual damage done. It was just, you know. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, nowadays, um to think of what you know i think uh, i think just watching you know george come apart at the seams you know is 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 the scariest part of the film um yeah there's not there's nothing there's nothing that really you know gets me nowadays like in it you know how about you i was gonna say the hand thing uh, right. I think it's probably the scariest moment um, from in my opinion um, only because like I could see that I could see that happening without any supernatural shenanigans involved right and right. it's a pretty terrifying idea yeah. um Those but also as hell you know yeah and it also is like it's similar to um at some point we'll cover insidious someday mm. but um I remember watching that with Lori and the scariest thing in that movie is kid goes to bed they go to wake right. him up in the morning he doesn't wake up right um and i'm like talk about the scary and i don't have kids um yeah. that i know of and um <laughs> and um and I, I i but i could still think of that concept of anybody really your yeah. partner anybody uh they're not dead they just don't wake right. up but um but just the idea of like you know you're you've got somebody you care about or even yourself Mm-hmm. You know, just open by an open window, and then the window just shuts. Right. Um. You know. Uh. Obviously, the the film goes a little further with it's being held down by right. supernatural forces, but, 
Uh, just the idea that suddenly, without warning, your hand is with, you know, smashed. Um, right, right. Such a scary idea. The other one is, I agree with, I think Stephen King had said this, and mm-hmm. um, and I agree with him. There's something um, very relatably frightening about losing the money um, yeah. in the scene of the caterer. Right. Um, um, and I think he mentioned that's like the scariest thing. in Am- I think his exact quote was like the scariest thing in Amityville horror is losing that money. Um, right. When you are poor um, and you've got this cash yeah. and then it's gone. Um, sorry, cats. Nope, um, you're fine. But no, I um I uh that is such a frightening idea to suddenly mm. be out of uh out of fifteen hundred bucks. Right. I mean, like uh that's a shit ton of money. And yeah. um but um god damn it guys. Um sorry, it keeps sounding like a knock on the door, but this is my cats running and I right. keep getting started like who's knocking on my door? I'm like, no, it's actually <laughs> just the cats running around. But um, but yeah, that that frightens me. Um, it just oh, for sure. Uh, objectively th- speaking, yeah. I'm like, you know, to suddenly, I mean, as somebody that's happened to, where suddenly I'll forget, um, you know, my my right. bank account's a little low, and then something automatic charges, and I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. And George I, knows yeah. that he he doesn't have the funds to cover this check that he's writing out either. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just yeah, he's just he's just you know relying on the on. The fact that the money has to be in the house somewhere has to be there, right? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I'll write the check to save the day because the money has to be here, and he just finds the empty wrap yeah. wrap of the money. Mm-hmm. Um, that is is very frightening. Um, yeah. but I mean, uh, so I think uh, ultimately back to the you know, the what's scariest about Amityville Horror is all domestic shit. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I think those are those moments are are genuinely frightening. Um right. versus, you know, the supernatural shit. That's it's not it doesn't land. Um right. I think the the concept of um your child having an imaginary friend who turns out to be real is is kind of scary. Um as well. It's been done many times. Yeah, it's since, been done but, yeah. a lot of times since. So I think it takes a lot of the wind out of its sails. And, you know, the payoff to it isn't that great either. It's just, you know, two glowing lights in a window. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I was, what, what they could have done that would have been better than that. But, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily yeah, pay yeah. off, you know, as, as well as it could. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a pretty, you know, terrifying concept in and of itself, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to, yeah. The. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of um, it's like I said, it's been done better in other movies, but the right. the idea of a, of a uh, maybe even beyond the imaginary friend, but just the idea that um, you know, growing up with a schizophrenic brother, for example, mm-hmm. the idea that um, things are something's talking to him, right? That you know, I couldn't see, um, you know, and the way he would respond would often be very very unsettling. Um, that that idea of of uh, of those voices actually saying something that's true right. uh, is even worse. Like uh, yeah, the idea yeah. that that this outside force is feeding information that this kid shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, I do find I think the scene is well done, but the babysitter getting trapped in the closet. Um, uh, again, a, a modern film would have established she was terrified of. You know, closets or, closets or dark or what have right. you. 
This is where we just got the. It seems a little bit much that she's just absolutely freaking the hell out when that door right. shuts. But um, you know, like we talked about with Bly Manor just last week, um, our last episode, where you know mm-hmm. she gets locked in the closet, but it's the kids locking her in, right? That makes her panic. Um, but I think that in this movie, I'm kind of like I don't know if I would just like wait. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Like, um you know, eventually someone's coming home and, you know, open the door. Right. But you like, she beats her fist bloody against that door. Yeah. She loses and, her shit. I mean, yeah. Over it. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm not a teenage girl, so I don't know, right. but um, it seems a little bit much, but I get it. And I think mm-hmm. the scene's well done. I mean, uh, um, but it, it ties into what you're talking about. The imaginary friend, um, you know, that. Right. Um, But it is actually one of the few times that, um, I feel like George Lutz's anger is actually warranted. Like oh, he walks sure. to that room yeah. and he's like, what the hell Why did you open yeah. up that fucking door? Like it's, uh, you know, and I'm like, yeah, you, you know, again, not believing in ghosts. So it'd be like, you locked the door. Right. Why did you lock a babysitter in the room? Um, but yeah, it's, um, it, it's a good scene. I, I do mm-hmm. think that, but um, it's one of those times where this movie gets a little baffling to me. Right um it's um, of course in the in the remake they went completely overboard with that scene um, yeah 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 well the imaginary friend like literally shows up in that movie and right. like in does stuff yeah. yeah yeah uh the ghost the ghost the the imaginary friend is the little girl who got murdered and she right actually like is a character in the narrative mm-hmm. um which um didn't work for me but mm-hmm. um um as, the wood chopping scene uh, alone in that movie is worth the uh the price of admission but uh the, the rest yeah. of the movie uh you know yeah whatever no i think um uh it, the remake i think uh, it, it deserves some credit for i think ryan reynolds is actually really good on it right and um um but it was part of the ryan reynolds curse that right everything he did bombed mm-hmm. um but yeah um I do remember even um, as a straight man, watch, uh, you know, a mostly straight male, right. uh, watch that movie that he's chopping wood. And I'm like, Ryan Reynolds is hot. Yeah. Holy right. shit. Like he was ripped as hell in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of took me out of the movie a little bit, but to be honest. He was a little too ripped in yeah, that movie. Yeah, I was like, yeah. like, you're just a suburban dad. Calm down, you know. Yeah. You own a, you own like a, a fishing business or yeah. something. Yeah. Like, why are you... Uh, why are you ripped like that? Right. But um, also, I mean, with the, I think the only thing they could do to make him look sick was have him like not shave right. in that movie. Whereas in this movie, like they overdo it in this movie. Mm-hmm. George Lutz looks like shit the whole film. Yeah. And um, to the point that I'm like, this guy leaves the house. Like nobody called the doctor. Right. Like, um, like I would have gone to, if I went to a wedding, and the groom's uh, brother-in-law showed up looking mm-hmm. like George Lutz. I'd be like, have you seen a doctor? Right. Um, you look terrible. Um, yeah. I'd and be you like. smell even worse. Yeah, I'm like a know? dial 9-1. Yep. Uh, and then when you pass out, I'm going to dial 1 again. Um, but uh, but people come to the house and look at him and they don't do that. Right. It's really strange. Because um, I feel like anybody, especially his friends and stuff, they show up. I would be like, dude. If I showed yeah. up at your house and you look like that, I'd be like, why haven't you called the doctor? Right. Um, 
But uh, I mean, you look like that anyway. But yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. yeah, but on um, a good day, you're always sweaty and kind of right. pale. But yeah, the um, but no, he looks he looks like he's half dead the whole mm-hmm. movie. Right. That um, this time I guess around, they don't establish I, it in the movie, but like in the book, like they also keep saying that like he hasn't shaved or showered, you know, at all, you know. Well, they they yeah, in, that's in a long time, you know. That's a little inferred. Yeah. Right. Um. They do the the closest I think they get to that is he has the erectile dysfunction mm-hmm, at one point. Right. They get to they're they're gonna hook up and he's like, This yeah. has never happened to me before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean he's obviously ill. Um, right. they at least establish that. But he that's what I mean, is he's so ill yeah. that um this time around I just couldn't help but keep noticing that no one was doing anything, anything about right. the fact that he looked so terrible yeah i like um, the scene with you know where his friend you know tries to talk some sense into him and gets you know a fist to the face for his troubles and then yeah and still continues to try to talk sense to him you know yeah yeah there's something um there's something very natural about amityville horror in right. some ways uh these people i mean it's it's similar to um uh the movie the invitation um uh which was uh talked a lot about where they the entire point of that movie was the screenwriters talking about going to a dinner party and the awkward situations you put up with right because you're in a social scenario um that to a degree i mean like i get uh, that that's played on i think a little bit here where like his friends like care about him and they try to help him but at the same time like you there's only so much you feel comfortable doing um that um is is interesting and and worth noting i think in amiable horror that there is a naturalistic feel that um it's easy to say you know i would it's easy for me to say that if i went to your house and you look like that i'd be like why aren't you calling a doctor but at the same time is that would that be uncomfortable to do um you know maybe you and me yes but like, uh, you know, more of like an acquaintance, like would I go to, uh, you know, uh, Terry's house and be like, wow, Terry, you look like shit. Why haven't you called the doctor? Maybe not. That might be a little uncomfortable. Um, right. But, um, you know, as an acquaintance, you know, um, but, you know, you, I just go slap some sense into. But, you know, it might be right. awkward. Yeah. yeah, it could be. Um yeah, there's a lot of social situations where, you know, maybe you're not, you know, allowed to say stuff like that, but um still it's you know, it's it's obvious it should be obvious to anyone who knows him, you know, that something's really, really amiss here. Yeah. Um and nobody's, you know, even bothered to, you know, talk to his wife about it. <laughs> like, you know, take yeah. her aside and go, Is he okay? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. But, I mean, nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, know. I guess so. Right. Maybe. I don't know about, you know, what the status of gender roles exactly were in 1979 but right um but yeah i mean these are catholics yeah they don't talk about anything right so you know but um what uh obviously we're having internet issues so what what's uh what's another crucial thing that you would like to uh bring up about amityville Um, or well we talked about how you know this is you know at its heart a family drama of you know people who have, you know, taken on a little more financial instability than they can, they can chew. Um, I think that's just, you know, the subtext of, of the film is, is really, you know, cool like that. Um, I like that. It's just, you know, um, 
especially being like 1979, you know, it's um, there was a lot, you know, the malaise of the 70s was still in effect. <laughs> um, Thank you, Jimmy Carter. Right. Damn yeah. it, Jimmy Carter. Um, He's history's yeah. greatest monster. <laughs> um, no, I did Jimmy Carter. But yeah, same here. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's 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 interesting that that's you know, kind of the subtext of this whole thing that is just you know a family struggling to survive. Um, mm -hmm. And you could have had with this cast, you could have had an equally interesting film, taking away all the supernatural elements, just having them you know struggling to pay the rent, you know, yeah, pay the mortgage, or you know, yeah. Yeah, no, I totally buy. Um, yeah, I would totally buy these two actors in those roles. Yeah, right. Um, because again, they're both very good in this right. in this picture. Um, but yeah, no, I totally agree, and I I do think that um, I, I think that's actually a, from what I understand, it's a pretty common read that a lot of people right. are like, you know, what this the real scary part of Amityville Horror is, um, financial instability right. and domestic trouble. Uh, whereas, you know, glowing eyes on a window and babysitter locked in closet maybe doesn't land as well as, right. um, you know, uh, a family like being like, you know, we're out 1500 bucks. Where do we get that back from? Right. Um, what do you make of the, um, the native American burial ground, uh, aspect of this film? That's, that always feels, it always feels kind of icky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is, this is I think where the trope started, um, mm -hmm. but it's still, you know, from a a, a white man's perspective, feels kind of icky to to always have that trope be there of you know oh yeah. it's, it's Native American magic you know it's it's like you know okay I don't feel enough like a colonizer let's let's make it feel make me feel worse about it um, yeah yeah and it's it's trying to think of the right word to use um it's it's and i don't know if there is a right word to use because it's like you know when the, you orientalize you know the, the far east into being like this magical culture um mm -hmm. it's the same thing with you know native americans they do it over here where it's you know every every indian is attached to the land and has some weird magic that you know the white man doesn't understand and it's just this is an outgrowth of that and to be like oh well it's just you know angry native spirits just feels off to me it's yeah and it clashes well, with the demonic stuff i mean mm -hmm. it's, you know well they're one of the they were actually one of the key uh uh disputers right of the uh, like the the shinnecock yeah, uh, I believe I'm pronouncing that properly. Uh, said so. there's there's no um there there is no burial ground there. Right, uh, never has been. Uh, where you know we rejected our mentally ill and our, you know, uh, that never happened. Right. Um. Uh. It, it this is it got to be one of the most uh disputed, uh or debunked stories mm -hmm. in in American history. Um. Right. So of course the Warrens came and said it was true, right? Yeah. Um, but um, which is again, we'll sometimes we'll cover the Conjuring series too because the Warrens mm -hmm. are so fascinating. But um, they're 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 monsters in real life. But I got I yeah. got to say, you know, I love I love the concept of them in in fiction. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
and the way they've you know been portrayed in fiction is you know been well you put two phenomenal actors in those roles and um and they were like yeah well, there's this beautiful love story and they were kind of <laughs> right right yeah um but um but yeah they they claimed uh they did a famous uh news thing right. going through the house and said there was an was evil true. little boy or something yeah um which i thought was it was interesting to read that because i thought this was one of the cases that the warrens didn't take but no um, no they they were there they were definitely there yeah this was probably what made them you know famous in the way that they are you know yeah that's one of the things that got them on the map right yeah um Um, yeah what did you want to talk about uh Rod Steiger's big scene with the, him going blind, or sure, really sure, touch, sure, touch upon that. Oh, Let's talk no. about that. Yeah, wow, that is some scenery chewing. That right is, there. yeah, that has got to be one of the uh, one of the greatest scene chewing scenes in right. cinema history. It's so amazing in that respect. Like, uh, just him screaming those, and I love that they yeah. cut back, keep cutting to the um, the other priest looking at him like, "What the hell's happening right now?" <laughs> right. Um. You know, it's yeah. The other priest is just going like, "What is going on?" And he's like, "Rod Steiger's like, protect the family from right. evil." Like it's like Rosemary Harris and Spider Man. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> from evil. Right. Um, but yeah, it's um, and then he goes blind. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm the, blind. The, yeah, I can't see. Uh, but in the statue crumbling, and uh, which is also really strange imagery because the other priest doesn't seem to see it. No, and um, then they show the statue is all right. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. It. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the priest that Steger's playing is an interesting. Uh, I've read a, a little bit about him as well in the actual mm-hmm. case that um, right. a lot of conflicting information, a lot of conflicting stories about him. Right. Um, but he, I guess last time he was interviewed he he swears up and down that uh the fly scene happened right um but no this uh i mean what do you what what do you what do you want to add on that scene i mean like it's um just that it's a thing of beauty to watch I it mean, is a thing of beauty to watch um a few people can chew the steatery like he could mm-hmm. um you know he's just that good at it um later in the month we're gonna we're gonna do the changeling and uh you know we're gonna get to see george um, C. scott ju- yeah i was gonna say yeah. i blanked on his name and i just wanted to call him Patton. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we're gonna get to see him chew the scenery um a little know, bit yeah a little bit yeah this is that's maybe a more understated role for him mm-hmm. um, because he's he was a famous scenery chewer as well yeah oh yeah i would have liked was, to send yeah. the I, I don't know if they ever played in the movie together, but I would love to see them play off each other. Them, them too. Yeah. It's a shame Rod Seeger wasn't in um the remake of Twelve Angry Men. Right. With uh George C. Scott, where he's uh uh George in that film in particular, George C. Scott's just like going for it. But right. phenomenal film, by the way. If you haven't seen yeah. the remake of uh, Twelve Angry Men, it's um it's a great film mm-hmm. filled with uh it just uh an amazing cast of uh, character actors. But um, but yeah, he's all over the place in that movie. It's no like um uh I believe in you from Exodus Three, but, right? Uh it's um which of uh is a real thing of beauty. Uh you know, maybe only um who's the other uh other major scenery chewer that I would say might be better than Rod Steger in this movie? Um uh Richard Burton. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. yeah um there's a i feel like there's a whole 
there's a lost art form to that. Yeah. You know, that's that really you really don't get away with it anymore. Yeah. No, but, and that's probably for the best. But um, probably, yeah. I I do miss it. Um, uh, still, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Now they would be. I think would be. Um, it would be. Uh, dismissed uh, or right. lampooned. The only person uh, as, who can really you know, get away with it anymore is Nicolas Cage. I mean, that's true. You know, he can get away with it, and because he's like Nicolas Cage, and, and everything he's yeah, he's he can go given when you go and going in there that you're watching a Nicolas Cage movie, and you know he can do whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he turned into a meme. I mean, right. like you know, he turned it into uh, something happened where that came became like a running gag that right. um, that is now celebrated. But yeah, but you're right. He's probably the only one that can still get away with it. I don't think anybody else mm-hmm. is really. Doing. To the point where it's almost expected. Like, I mean, you know, yeah. they had. Oh, what was that movie that bombed so hard? Um, a couple of years ago, I want to say, but it was, you know, it was in probably 2000. Um, Captain Corelli's Mandolin. Oh, I haven't seen he that did, one. Uh, he doesn't chew the scenery in that. He, he's oh. playing it subdued, and uh, I think that's why it failed. Um, yeah, could be. Well, that I think that was before he quite got there um right. I, I feel like the wicker man's the one that got that rolling yeah um, yeah but yeah the uh although he was doing it in other films prior but i think right. when people really noticed was wicker man um i actually i might argue uh come speaking of like wicker man i almost mm-hmm. feel like women can get away with scenery chewing now more mm-hmm. than more than male actors but there was a whole like um I don't have anything necessarily to back that up. It just was okay. something I was thinking, but I was thinking about like Ellen Burstyn in that movie or, uh, right. Um, uh, and other films that I, I feel like I've seen recently where, um, people are allowed to go bigger, uh, what maybe women actors might be a little bit more, um, uh, not necessarily able to get away with it, but not, um, not as like as torn down for it. Right. If that makes right. sense. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. yeah, but I, I don't, know what i'm talking about i don't know if right. i have anything to back that up but but no there was a uh there was a whole breed of actors in the 70s you know right. and 80s in particular i think even right through the 90s where you yeah. could have uh, uh these actors who their whole shtick was going for it like was just right. going big with every performance choice um how al pacino you know yeah, uh, yeah. you know that was another al pacino one. can still get away with it um, i think he could he could yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think if anybody who's left from that generation can still get away with it, right? Um, and Al Pacino is one of them. De Niro, I think, is capable of is getting mm-hmm. away with it. Um, you know, uh, guys who are known for Joe Pesci, you right. know, guys who are known for um, uh, doing the the going big. Right. Um, but I don't know if you. Uh, in fact, uh, I can think of an example of the um, the TV show, The Originals. Um, mm-hmm. God, what's the name of the actor? I forget now. But I remember watching an episode of that show with a girl I was dating at the time, woman I was dating at the time. Mm-hmm. And she started giggling at one of his scenes. And it was because, like, he was another one that was going uh, or it, yeah, going overboard with it. He was just really uh, scenery chewing. And yeah, yeah. It, occasionally it worked in the sense that he was able to be intense right but sometimes he'd just yell stuff and it would get a little bit ridiculous <laughs> um but yeah it's um maybe it might be even more acceptable on television than film yeah. but i do feel like to to i think you're right that i feel like nowadays if an actor were to try a performance like rod steger's in this movie 
it would just be in, like laughed at. In fact, right. it happened recently. Um, the Good Doctor. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that, that meme, right? That went mimetic, where he, right. uh, I'm a surgeon, you know, like right. it was, and everybody was giggling about it for like three days yeah. online. That it was just um so over the top that uh, you know it, it doesn't get appreciated. I think the mm-hmm. way it might have uh, right. back in back in the seventies. But no, I, I I think that's I think you're right. I think it's something that I I do kind of miss now that I think about it. That I'm like you know, but um, part of what I think allows like Rod Seeger to get away with it, or other actors mm-hmm. like him to get away with it, was the the gruffness of them, the the right. maturity of them. Um, when you get like the guy from Bates Motel doing it, it's a little bit like yeah, I mean, because settle down, been, kid. As yeah. a kid, you know, even though he's in his 30s or something right now yeah you know? he's uh, definitely old enough but yeah right. but there's nothing but the, there's a distinguished aspect to right. the scene chewer uh as they were once known that um, right. that i think modern cinema can't can't quite capture um i think part of that's the reason why cage gets away with it you mm-hmm. know he turned uh 60 today i guess happy birthday nick cage oh, happy birthday but, yep yeah but yeah i mean it's um and he's thinking about retiring. Right. Um, but yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I absolutely do it. Um, <laughs> you've earned it. Um, right. Just kind of, I think he still wants to do a TV show or two and then uh, right. hang it up. And I'm like, you know what? Do it while you're ahead. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Totally, totally do it. Enjoy the rest of your life. You, he, The guy, the, the, the guy, I mean, I can't necessarily say poor guy because he kind of brought it on himself, but right. Um, the fact that he's become what he is is partially due to the fact that he, you know, made some poor decisions and right. had to do a lot of stuff to to uh, make it right. And mm-hmm. um, so, I mean, yeah, you've spent the last, you know, 15, 20 years doing every script put in front of you. I think you've earned a rest, but, yeah. um, but no, um, but I think that might be part of the reason why he gets away with it is he's a little bit more distinguished. Mm-hmm. I think that when you get a little older, you're allowed to, you know, go there. Right. Maybe uh, in a way maybe. that, yeah, a younger actor can't quite get away with where, but I think the, to the point that you're making uh, film in general has gone in the direction of, um, I think it's gone more of a direction of, uh, of restraint right having quieter moments um yeah even I mean, I in, did just even watch... in big bombastic you know films like the the performances are are not as over the top as they used to be you know people want subtlety right you now i think they want that um but i mean i just watched bo is afraid last night and that's mm-hmm. you know that's over the top i mean joaquin right. phoenix is is not um is is not restrained in that right. picture um but um yeah but he might be another guy that is an example of a guy who can still get away with it but right. um but yeah um you know but also he's known for but i think that's the thing he and cage both are known for being a little weird that right. uh you know they can kind of still do it but um never, never been a big joaquin phoenix fan how was that movie by the way was, oh i like was afraid yeah yeah i liked it um yeah it's it's uh it's very weird um right uh it was it was kind of mentioned to me that it was going to be like you know this huge anxiety ridden 
like it was going to make me feel shitty and it didn't um i was like actually like no it's actually it's kind of like um it's it's like if david lynch directed after hours um okay yeah it's it's which has that you know after hours gives me anxiety but um this movie um is played so fantastic and so surreal that it ultimately doesn't feel that um what's the word i'm looking for uh assaulting right uh you know um the way i expected it to be much like midsummer which i it took me years to watch that because i was like right. it's gonna hurt me like hereditary hurt me and then watching yeah. it actually no it didn't um surprisingly enough um but i expected that from bo's afraid and it yeah didn't, yeah it didn't hurt um uh, uh i actually would argue um salt burn is a little bit more um anxiety inducing mm-hmm. oh, okay. than uh than bo's afraid but <clears throat> Which is also brilliant, by the way. Um, but today, I guess, was the Golden Globes, and uh, I didn't even know that was today. So, yeah, the date of this recording. Um, I haven't checked to see who won what yet, but um, but yeah, I'm mostly waiting for the Academy Award nominations before I delve back into catching up on uh, on sense. 2023 films. But right, um, but yeah, my New Year's resolution. Uh, I don't believe in news resolutions, but I'm calling it that. Mm. But I'm intending to now watch every movie we get in the theaters so I don't do this again. <laughs> right. Like, I'm like, I have to watch a bunch of movies and I'm like, um, I don't want to do this again next year. So right. I'm going to start. So this week we're watching. I'm going to watch Mean Girls, I guess, just to get it. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Just to get it going. Um, but I haven't yeah. heard anything about it. Um, But I mean, the original was goddamn, you know classic and i'm, I'm not yeah i, have I haven't no seen expectations it. of this you really oh then you you know this might be i don't know i'm interested to hear what your take on it is that yeah is the original I, I had i had thought about checking right. out the original and i'm like actually you know what i'm just gonna go in blind and i'm just gonna yeah. watch this musical version and see what happens but um but yeah my intention is to is to watch everything we get at the right. theater um so that at the end of the year i'm not having a list of 30 friggin' movies that mm-hmm. I want to try to get through. But yeah. Um but yeah, any final watch... thoughts on this one? Uh I mean I I think it's I mean it's a fun enough movie. I I've had a yeah. good time discussing it. I don't know about um you know I've watched it a few times. Um right. And um when Lori and I moved into the house a couple years ago, mm-hmm. um I remember that night I watched it and uh, it, I think it did hit a little differently maybe, but, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, as, again, as a, as a domestic drama about uh, a family falling apart due to financial right. constraints, it's great as yeah. a haunted house movie. I don't know. Right. Um, I, I certainly don't think it's, it's not a waste of time. No, uh, no, you know, I think that, and if you want to see where a lot of the you know modern tropes come from, this is that is a true. place to start. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, the the native native uh, Native American burial ground starts here. The right. um the imaginary friend that talks to the little kid that starts right. here. Um, there's a cat scare. Yeah, um, pretty significant one. Oh, that was one thing I did want to talk about. Uh, my, the thing I appreciate probably the most about Amityville mm-hmm. Horror: go back for the dog. Yeah uh george does yep. not leave that dog behind and i nope. always always love that bit um is that something we see very often 
in horror films right. that the nope the dog's part of the family we go back for the dog yeah um because no matter what happened i mean there could be demons throwing shit at me right now i would not be leaving this apartment without pearl oh hell no um yeah. you know i would be like the other three that i've got hanging around i don't know maybe but <laughs> um that's not true i but yeah um if i have to save one i save pearl but um right. But no, I would never, I would never ever leave uh, a pet behind under any circumstances. Um, Much like Alien, like, you know, the most relatable Mm -hmm. thing in that movie is going back for Jonesy the cat. You know, I would be like, no, I'm not leaving the cat. Um, But no, I love that part. I I love that bit. And it's something that always makes me happy every time I watch Amityville Horror is going back for the dog. Yeah. 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 and so I don't know how much I like George Lutz, uh, the mm-hmm. guy. I don't know how much I like the character, but he doesn't right. leave the dog. So, yes. um, so good on you, George Lutz. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. What about you? Any? What's your what, what's your last uh, what's your last thought? What's your last takeaway on uh, Amityville Horror before we wrap up? I think it's an, uh, like I said, I think it's more a more important film than than a film that I necessarily love. Um, I think it's just, you know, a a piece of, you know, like American folklore history, like I said, where, you know, mm-hmm. you, you should probably make the, make the time for an hour and a half. Of, no, this was like two hours. Um, yeah, but, uh, just under. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. To, to, to see what it's all about and, you know, appreciate it for what it is. And, you know, even though the whole thing is, you know, a horrible hoax mm. <laughs> it's still uh this is where a lot of you know a lot of different aspects of our modern horror haunted house movies came from so it's it's worth the yeah. watch for that alone um even if it's not the strongest film and you know even though a lot of the other films that you know took aspects from this did this better than than this one did yeah no i agree um yeah probably something we should have we probably should have delved into a little bit more um mm-hmm. that these that uh especially since we're starting off our i mean technically we did blind manor and legend of right. hell house the last couple of weeks but right this right. is sort of the uh, official beginning of haunted house month that yeah. in that respect amityville horror is a great movie to kick it off mm-hmm. um that it did um what we understand uh, as the haunted house subgenre right. um in modern in modern times is a lot of it's coming from right from this and that is uh yeah. that's definitely worth it so it's worthy of respect i don't know mm-hmm. about um it's not particularly good but i'm with you i think the second one's a lot stronger um i agree yeah yeah, yeah. i haven't seen the third one in forever the uh, annual three and 3d right um, it's not as good oh. it's in 3d yeah 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 um but yeah, I guess in that respect, uh, then that in that case, I'll wrap us up. Okay. Um, uh, as always, we say thank you for listening. We remind you to love yourself, love your fellow horror fans, uh, be nice to each other, um, and um, and and be nice. I guess. Right. Um, but uh, you know, it is a new year, and we uh, do have an opportunity to. Even though, again, I I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. I do believe right. it's a kind of time to take stock of uh what you want out of life mm-hmm. and um and an opportunity to start trying to make that happen so yeah uh i've got a few things that i want to work on this year that i'm hoping i will 
be successful at. Um, mm-hmm. Most of them very minor. Like I said, watching all the movies at the theater. Right. Um, I really want to get into, you know, finally getting through some of these short-lived TV series that I've had, you know, forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as I talked about on uh, Invasion of the Podcast recently, uh, I want to keep expanding my physical media collection. Right. Um, but also I want to work on, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, being more self-reliant i guess maybe mm-hmm. uh, being a little less needy uh socially and that's something i would like to work on um as far as the show is concerned i'm hoping that we can you know we, we've toyed with the idea of expansion we'll probably right. revisit that concept relatively soon um but mm-hmm. um but as as of right now this is still one of the best parts of my week so Same here yep um Look i forward to it every time uh, yeah um yeah it's never a chore um and um so yeah hopefully you guys will stick with us and keep listening um we've got some really really fun haunted house movies coming up um unlike amityville horror they're all good right so we're gonna have a really (laughs) good time i think with the rest of these um especially since we're watching i think what is quite possibly one of my favorite horror films of all time in a couple Mm -hmm. weeks but um but with that i'll say thank you very much good night and Namaste. Oh,